1: Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the coffee house, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, we have a first in the Insurance coffee house. Not only are we joined by two guests today, but they're also from the same family. Firstly, I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Smith, the CEO of True North Companies. Welcome to the show, Jason.
2: Thanks, Nick. Great to be here.
1: Thanks, Jason. It's a privilege to have you on board today. And we also welcome Dwayne Smith, who was the CEO of TrueNorth up until January of this year, and he is Jason's father. So welcome to the show, Dwayne, as well. Uh, Great to have you both joining us today. Thank
0: you, Nick. We're looking
1: forward to it. Thank you so much, guys. Before we start off, I think it's really great for the listeners to get a little bit of an insight and depth into the history behind the business. So, could I start off by asking, Dwayne? Would you mind giving us a little bit of a background and some history into True North Companies?
0: Sure. You know, we had the good fortune all the way back to the year two thousand. Uh, we had three firms in Cedar Rapids uh, that really didn't compete, but were in the same industry. Uh, the firm I was with was focused on larger uh, commercial property and casualty risk. We had another firm that was focused more on employee benefits another one in the life insurance space. And the industry had been incredibly good to us, but we each reached a ceiling of complexity. We got together, had coffee one morning and said, how could we come up with a different model, a unique model? Because the industry had been incredibly good to us. We made a decent income. We were able to build equity. We made a difference in our clients' lives. And we could still have a quality of life and be engaged in our community and with our families. So we stepped back and 20 years ago, the notion of developing a why and a purpose, I thought was more of a textbook approach. Yeah. But we took the time to really step back and develop our purpose. And we brought in one of our original now founding members. We, we started with six of us. And he, Steve Lounsbury, acted as our mediator um, and or collaborator, moderator. And um, I think the most important thing that we did was we established our vision statement. And that vision statement is to build a legacy company with an entrepreneurial platform to attract, develop, and coordinate high-performing talent. And that's been our true north um, since 2001 that's really been our guiding light and has really steered the organization over the last um, now almost 20 years. We've gone from 90 people and about 90 million of sales. Um, Our goal this year will be pretty close. We'll hit um, almost a million of sales and 450 people. And we'll talk about some of the other uh, tuition payments and uh, maybe ceilings of complexities that we've had Along the way.
1: Fantastic, Dwayne. It sounds like an incredible journey you've had and started out over a coffee with some with some colleagues and peers of yours. Such an interesting story. Jason, if I could now bring on to sort of the current state of the business, you took over as CEO at the beginning of the year. For our listeners out there listening back to this, we're we're currently in October 2020 now, of everything that's happened this year. So Jason, how's that been? taking over the, the mantle and what are your plans now for the business moving forward?
2: Yeah, it's funny you should ask that question, Nick. I, I said to Dwayne here uh, 30 to 45 days ago, uh, in jest of course, but I said, did you know something that I didn't know uh, come end of 19, beginning of 2020? It's certainly been a, a challenging year. And yet uh, I think for us, uh, a confidence inspiring year. Of course, we're, we're navigating COVID. To protect our colleagues and their families, and we went there first because we knew if our cl- if our colleagues and families were safe and secure, we'd be able to put our best work forward in support of our client base. Right. Um, so that being said, it's it's been a it's been an exciting year and a challenging year. As I think about the company, past, present, future. Dwayne hit on this. You know, he and the original six. They had a vision to create something unique and different. And our platform is is called Integrated Solutions with Specialists. So we're highly specialty focused. And we want to bring an all-encompassing solution suite to the client. So if if it's a business, for example, we don't just want to handle their business risk and insurance. We want to support their workforce with benefit strategies. We want to bring extended resources, subject matter experts as it pertains to data and technology, business intelligence, uh, claims advocacy. Uh, how do we help uh, eliminate risk inside of business? So for me, growing up in the industry, I've been at True North now for for 25 years, cumulatively. I started when I was in college, actually. And I uh, So as we go forward, here are some things that are absolutely paramount to our future. Number one is we are building this company for continued growth and continued perpetuation from within. Uh, Number two is uh, the the two common factors in our business that I and leadership uh, hone in on day in and day out that I believe aren't gonna change. Our industry is gonna be full of people and driven by people and creative thinkers and problem solvers, and technology has major implications in our business. Um, Thirdly, we grow typically in a 10 to 15% year over year clip. And the heavy preponderance of that in our 20 years at True North has been through organic growth. And so we wanna double every approximately five years. So 2020 will be very, very close to the 100 million of revenue mark, a billion in sales. Uh, by 2025, we wanna be in that 200 million range. By 2030, we wanna be in that 400 million range. So for us, uh, that that's a signal of organic growth in my view is a signal of you're honed in on your target market from a client perspective you understand their issues that they need to solve for, and you're bringing solutions and value to the equation. If we're able to accomplish that, then my number one commitment from a leadership perspective is uh, to not sell the company. And so if we're hitting on those cylinders, uh, we're creating great jobs, we're creating great value, we're investing in our communities, and we're certainly going to be the exception in an industry that's that's wrought with a lot of MA activity right now we're going to stay the course of independence sure
1: as a it's a fascinating story jason and particularly interesting to hear you've got you've got those ambitious growth plans but no MA strategy is as, as part of that so organic growth is is key and i'm sure that presents an awful lot of opportunities <clears throat> to people at the company Jason, Duane, I know the business in its current form started out over a coffee, perhaps in a coffee shop in a meeting room. Can I ask you, what is your go-to
0: coffee of choice in the mornings? You Nick, my favorite coffee, my wife uh, orders it. We get a shipment in every week. It's Kansas City, from the Kansas City Coffee Shop, and she has a Mocha Master 200 that uh, is filled up every morning. It sounds good, Duane. And and Jason? You know, I'm... uh,
2: I'm an Americano drinker, so give me a couple of good strong shots of uh, espresso and a little hot water to season the taste, and that's my morning ritual. Perfect. Be looking forward to that
1: espresso round later on, Jason. Jason, if I can start off by asking you about your transition into the leadership position at the business. Uh, clearly, you've you've been at the company for a long time. How did you find that transition from? Your previous role into heading up and leading the company as the CEO. Uh,
2: you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think as I think about leadership progression in general, uh, the the common thoughts that come to mind for me right out of the gate when I when I graduated from college and, and showed up on you know that following Monday, I, I wanted to be an impact player. I, I knew right out of the gate, no matter what I did, if I joined. Uh, the organization or went into a different industry, I wanted to be an impact player. Uh, I also recognized that the power of finding a niche early on in my career was pretty significant because as a young professional, I I had the ability to attempt to master something and really hone in to become an expert, which in turn, then, and I think this opens up to, to how I then really Evolved into leadership with that not being the initial objective. Uh, I, I was I was thinking about day in and day out and still view today. I think it's what carries me forward. Looking to create value any way I can bring value to the equation. Uh, and then what I think Duane and the original group instilled in me was a long range view because we, we are not building, we've never been about building something and having a transaction and exiting. It's always been about, you know, is this valuable? Does it have staying power? How's it gonna to continue to evolve? And I think through that, then the, the final point I would make is, is that that's fostered this internal uh, desire and drive to continue to innovate. and innovation really driving the expansion of value creation uh, which then expands our need for talent and people our ability to invest in technology and 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 attract more clients to the firm. so that culmination um is what kind of got me into or thrust me into the leadership space and then of course you know in the role that i'm in now I've fostered all these relationships over all these years, and so there's had to be this recalibration of, you know, Jason is now responsible for it all from a CEO perspective. And how does some of my uh, interactions adjust and adapt with colleagues? So we still have that connection, yet there's this understanding of uh, maybe I need more from them in other areas because the business is requiring more from me in other areas. Been an interesting challenge, that's for sure. I'm sure it has been, and particularly
1: with everything that's happened here. Dwayne, was that always the long-term succession strategy to have someone succeed from within, someone who lives and breathes the, the culture of the business? Was that something that, that was always part of the business, or did you want to carry on for years, years to come?
0: You know, ideally, yes. And I think as most leaders know, if you can develop. Um, your leadership from within, um, you have a higher probability of success. And uh, I went to Jason probably five years ago and I said, The board has discussed our succession strategy. And, uh, you know, in our mind, you're in the best position uh, to take over the company um, when I turned 62. But I said, You're actually running the transportation division, you're doing an excellent job there. Um, growing his own book of business, yet managing that separate practice. Um, This is a decision you can make. So if you're interested, then we'd love to have you and we'll work out a five-year plan to make sure that uh, we're successful. If you're not interested, then we have to go to plan B. And I'll be honest with you, we don't have a plan B. So Jason, I think you took maybe uh, 60 to 90 days to kind of contemplate uh, the pros and cons. And he came back and said, you know what? I believe in what we're building. I want to continue to build it and lead the company going forward. And I can't um, really impress enough on the transition focus that we had. And to be honest with you, I thought we, we, for the most part, grew up together. We're a lot alike, but there's subtle differences in our personalities. I'm more of a quick start. Uh, There's a lot of shiny rocks that uh, I'm uh, attracted to. My follow through is is probably not that high. Uh, Jason's follow through is um, a a lot higher. Um, He's more focused. He communicates at a better level. Um, So we went into the transition with open eyes, um, but we weren't really definitive enough to our reports and our staff as to exactly how that was going to happen. So probably six months into the transition, one of the things that we did, Jason's, uh, one of his unique abilities is the ability to grow and to, as he mentioned earlier, come up with solutions to problems for clients and colleagues. So we put him in charge of the growth through the whole company. And I think that was instrumental because running transportation Um, He had the trust and confidence of about a third of our people. The other two thirds of the company didn't really know him all that well. And that gave him an opportunity to prove himself in the eyes of the majority of the other staff. We'll talk a little bit later about the four critical areas we um, focus on in our entrepreneurial model. One is the growth. So he mastered that with a lot of the people. The other three are the finance and profit, the client experience, and the culture. And over time, then our plan was to introduce them to all three of those other quadrants. And we weren't as direct in that introduction in those other three areas, which led to some confusion about who's leading client experience, who's leading culture. So we had to retrench, re-engineer, and over time, the goal was to make my transition a non-event. I wanted to walk out the door in January 2020. <clears throat> six weeks later, somebody asked, "Where's Dwayne?" And I think we accomplished that um, this winter. You know, and I think I think along those lines, Nick. What what's what's pretty
2: cool about uh, how we've continued to grow the organization while perpetuating. It. And we started with six original owners. Uh, we've perpetuated four of the original six and we've created over 50 new owners during that period of time so at true north we have about 450 colleagues we have about 60 owners right. so we've 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 been able to do that and, and the second thing is is that we 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 haven't been afraid at times Dwayne and I as as CEO and executive chairman to struggle a little bit and, and to a certain extent, kind of struggle out in the open. And I think that's part of the beauty of the true love spirit is that there's just this yearning commitment and desire to keep working at the, the situation. And in one way or another, we're going to solve it. We're going to work it through, but it's okay to struggle a little bit. In a lot of ways, that's where growth occurs because you're, you're stretching yourself. And, and allowing colleagues to see that and experience it with us has actually been I think a, a pretty a good infusion of further strength for us now and going forward with our people.
1: fantastic fantastic thank, thank you both for that. I think I think a lot of insurance business leaders probably in a similar situation at the moment they've got succession plans and are trying to navigate that as we speak so I'm, I'm sure they'll find that very inspiring. Duane, obviously you were leader of the business for for 20 years. What would you say was your
0: biggest achievement during that time? You know, I think probably my biggest achievement started with my biggest challenge, right? So, uh, as I said, we started True North in 2001. From 2001 to 2008, we tripled the number of people, we tripled our revenue, but 2008, we were faced with a couple of headwinds. One, the economy. Two, we said that we were going to perpetuate internally. And one of the things we established early on was ownership and leadership transitions at 62. Two of the senior partners were turning 62. And we didn't have cash flow um, in order to write those checks internally. So (laughs) coincidentally, I turned 50 that year and up until that time, we were really running the company more as a lifestyle company. So we had a lot of producers that came on board, really most of the income went to paying the producers and the partners. We had not established an enterprise, more of a lifestyle company. So once again, that vision statement to create a legacy company, uh, there was a fork in the road. Either we had to stay that course and re-engineer how we were doing business, or we had to find a business broker to take this to market and let somebody else deal with it. We had a short meeting with the younger group. We said, these are our two options. What do you want to do? It's going to require some heavy lifting. Everybody said, we've committed to internal perpetuation. So my biggest achievement, quite frankly, was started in 2008. And that was to build a legacy company, because until that time, I didn't take it serious enough. And also, require the requirement for a legacy company is to perpetuate internally, and the formula for that is really pretty easy. There's only two requirements. One, as I mentioned earlier, is internal cash flow, so the younger team can write um, the older uh, group a check, which is an important issue, especially for me right now. The second um, is, how do you hand off the intellectual capital? And a lot of companies um, can maybe do one or the other, but you need to do both. Hmm. So in that time, our profit level was single digits. In our business, you have to be in the mid 20s to internally perpetuate. Um, And we didn't have a scalable model that could be perpetuated. So in 2008, 2009 is when we developed our owner's manual, that structured entrepreneurial model that we've talked about predicated on a balance between the profit, the client experience, our people, and our growth. All four of those need to be in balance. We have a way that we define, measure, and manage all four of those. And everybody understands profit can actually be too high at the expense of the other three. Client experience can be too high at the expense of profit. It needs to maintain a balance. And I will tell you that that's what's given me complete confidence of handing off the reins is because we, we breathe that model every day. I get a hundred separate profit and loss and performance reviews every month predicated on those four critical indicators. And everybody knows that, you know, in order to be green, not yellow or red, here are the defined goals. Fantastic.
1: Dwayne, have you ever had a time in your career where you experienced a challenge, perhaps you were overlooked for a position or an opportunity that you wanted didn't, didn't quite materialize? And how did
0: you go about dealing with that? You know, interestingly enough, my wife and I were just having that discussion a week or two ago and I've been somewhat blessed. I think the the only time I didn't get a job or position that I wanted was in college at a farm implement store back in Iowa. I haven't been to that farm implement store now since 1976. (laughs) But I think what that taught me is number one, be prepared. Number two, make sure you're in an area that you're really passionate about. Number three, then listen. And to Jason's comment earlier, come up with unique solutions to problems and you'll never be overlooked for the next position.
1: Fantastic. And their loss is certainly the insurance world's game. (laughs) A lot of people are happy with how that worked out, Dwayne. Jason, just moving on to sort of the current climate and the current set state of the company, how do you use and how do you adopt technology to meet and exceed your customers' expectations?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, as I, as I mentioned earlier on, we've accepted, embraced two, two common denominators in our business. Uh, number one is people and number two is technology. And, uh, and we actually have a mantra that, that the True North Principles crafted back in May of 01. Profit will determine who exists. Technology will determine who competes. Quality will determine who grows. People will determine who wins. So back to your question on technology, it, it's a very important part of our business. We love technology for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, it gives us the ability to engineer administrative friction out of our daily uh, business, which in turn gives our people, our colleagues, the ability to do more professionally stimulating work, to be more in an advisory position, an innovative position, um, versus just processing, if you will. Yeah. Um, number two, it with technology. Our when we think about our client base, you know industries that we specialize in, we do a lot in in the trucking logistics industry. We do a lot in healthcare. We do a lot in uh, school systems and education. We do a lot in construction, agriculture. These are generally industries that are expected to do more with less. And so they're struggling day in and day out with how to run their business, manage their risk, and and certainly keep their profit and loss statement and balance sheet protected. So we look for technology solutions that we can bring to the equation with our clients that can really um, accelerate the running of their business. How do we give them data that tells them more around where they're having exposure and losses? Uh, How do we give them access to information that's more concise and simplified and relatable to them Uh, so they've got the ability then to empower their people to manage the different issues in their business Uh, we're constantly you know navigating that buy versus build dance and um, and looking for our pockets where we innovate technology internally and then you know uh, I tell you what that's another thing that's been interesting for me in the CEO role I legitimately get 10 to 15 technology inquiries a day from uh, solutions providers. And so I'm I'm grateful that we have a quality CIO that I can distribute those to and, and do some screening for me.
1: That's fascinating, Jason. I'm, I'm sure, Dwayne, that might have been something you would have enjoyed if you liked those shiny objects. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: but I've learned to just pass that baton quickly. <laughs> and we're appreciative of that.
1: <laughs> Dwayne, what what do you see as the major challenges ahead for insurance executives? And how do you think they should be adapting to be
0: successful going forward? You know, the again, the positive about our industry is we see the challenges as opportunities. And the opportunities within that challenge, recruiting staff and colleagues, everybody wants to be a part of something bigger today. They don't want just a job. So to Jason's credit, with a lot of the issues around diversity today, he's done a great job of communicating our uh, position on diversity. Um, having a more open mind around diversity, and also packaging our value proposition. So I think if you take the challenge as an opportunity, how do you package what you do uh, in recruiting your staff and employees? What sets you apart? That's really what we've done with our legacy focus. And secondarily, we do the same thing with our clients and our prospects. We really sit down with them. We understand their business so we can come up with unique value propositions. And then finally, you have to be able to package that effectively and communicate it. If you can do those three things, it's not a challenge. It's an opportunity. Fantastic.
1: Thank you so much for that, Duane. We we now turn to the espresso round, so-called as the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So, can I ask you guys? Are you ready for the espresso round? Absolutely, ready. I've had my americano. we ready to rock and roll.
0: The espresso round,
1: Jason. To start us off, what are the characteristics about True North that makes it such a great place to work at?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, some things that come to mind. Uh, we're closely held, privately held, and, and we're not for sale. And I think there's a there's a group of people that really appreciate that. We like to use the term, the spirit of small, the power of scale. So how do we keep that uh, kind of smaller company feel, yet the resources and the, and the tools and the capabilities and the markets that we play in are, are larger scale, so we can compete with the largest brokers in the country. I think our purpose is another one that is, uh, is unique in that our purpose is very simple, to create value. And we heard years ago, relationships are like a bank account. You need to make deposits in order to be able to make withdrawals. So day in and day out, whether it's an internal conversation or an external conversation, we're wired to be thinking about each other and how can we create value in the equation.
1: And what opportunities do you provide to your high performing executives there? What's the career opportunities available to them?
2: Yeah, you know, one of my favorite things about my role now is 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 I get to spend a fair amount of energy thinking about our number one asset, which is people. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of look at it like we're we're weaving this quilt, if you will, every day. We actually created a movement we call one true north. And it's this centering point of you know what we're all here for. And so in that, you know, there's this really cool challenge and and opportunity around attracting new talent into the business and we need everything from folks graduating right out of college to we need seasoned professionals that have been successful in their career yet they're ready to join that final career stop they're ready to to join a platform like true north where they can be an impact player they can have unlimited career uh, upside and, uh, and be a part of a collaborative team. Uh, and yet on the same token, with the colleagues that are here and invested, we've got to develop them. We have a very robust training and development program. Uh, most of our colleagues, particularly kind of mid-level and up, have annual development plans. And we're aspiring to get to where every single one of our colleagues have annual development plans. Uh, we put a lot of energy on personal skills, as well as technical and professional development. Yeah. So uh, the people side of our business is fundamentally important. And we've got to take care of those that we have. And we want to welcome people to our company that are motivated, focused, and want to make an impact. If you join True North, you are either zero or one degree away from an executive that has PL decision-making authority. That's a rare thing for talent to have access to in any industry. Certainly
1: a unique value proposition that I'm sure stand you out when it comes to people considering their next options in their career. And as you said, their last stop in their career as well, based on the opportunity that you can provide. What do you look for in terms of skills and behaviors for your organization when you do attract and bring in new talent?
2: Excellent question. You know, the first thing that, that we're looking for in in folks are are they collaborative? Are they are they collaborative and are they willing to you know put the effort in? I think one of our founding principles in the early years was check your ego at the door. Yeah. So we're looking for folks that want to make a difference and they want to collaborate. Uh, we're looking for value creators. I've said that over and over during our, our visit here. We're looking for folks that that identify problems and they want to think differently about how to solve that problem going forward. Uh, and the final thing that we're looking for, we're looking for people that are that are communicators. We're looking for people that are willing to have open thoughtful communication to listen, to be coachable, And again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've got a lot of investment in in helping people uh, with some of those skills. We actually have a professional voice coach that we use for myself and and hundreds of our colleagues uh, in the spirit of opening uh, communication. Incredible. Incredible.
1: That's really thinking outside of the box. Does that help with your employees communicating with your clients? And do, do you find that has a benefit from a client's perspective as well?
2: hundred percent hundred percent i mean you think about the critical conversations that that we're faced with it could be delivering a, a very challenging renewal to a client it could be having to explain to a client that there's maybe a coverage issue in the in this current situation in 2020 i mean we literally have have to equip our colleagues to be prepared to be on a phone call with with a business owner that they may have more growth in their business than they know what to do with. And the very next phone call could be somebody that is faced with bankruptcy. So our ability to help our colleagues with effective communication is mission critical for us now and going forward. That's awesome. Jason, what,
1: what would you say is the largest challenge you face when attracting talent to the business? and What frustrations do you get with the recruitment process?
2: You know, this, this one may surprise you in terms of how I answer that. I genuinely would say that one of the biggest struggles that we have, and this is probably a little more in the context of attracting seasoned talent that's somewhere else in the industry to True North. Yeah. And the challenge would be this. They struggle to believe that we're serious about building this company and not selling it. That there's there's so much mergers and acquisition activity that's going on in our industry, uh, and and look, you know, we're focused on organic growth as our core engine, but we also do some what we would term value accretive M and A, where yeah. we're looking for maybe a a unique specialty or capability. A lot of folks though, they've been in the industry, they're seasoned, and they've heard it all before. Yeah. They've heard, you know, this company's not for sale, so. We have to work to to make sure that it's clear and we can validate for them a 20-year history uh, that we're building this thing for growth and, and perpetuation. And there's opportunity in that for them if they join our firm.
1: Yeah, certainly I uh, think that educating those people, those people have been told that story before and then a year later, their company's been bought by an, uh, another Firm, but you can hear it from the both of you, just how genuine a story that is. And I think it must be about trying to get that talent in front of you so you can, can explain the, the story of, of true north to them.
0: Nick, one one other comment I'd make about uh, attracting talent. You know, we're blessed, we're about 40 miles uh from where the the movie Field of Dreams was filmed. And if you remember a quote from that movie. Even though I know you're in London, one of the quotes was, Build it and they will come. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, We built um, our field and some people do show up on our doorstep. But I think it's also important that you build your value proposition and communicate it properly so that you can attract high performing talent. So that's one of the things that in Jason's new role, and he's gotten through a lot of operational challenges in 2020. I think this is one of the areas that he wants to focus on for the rest of his career, is recruiting specialization, high-performing talent, and building that value proposition so they really understand how unique we are.
1: It's great that you've got those foundations in place and you've got those four pillars there, your mantra that you stick to there. and I think that's a, it's a great proposition for anybody who's lucky enough to come along and and, and have a chat to the two. of you? It's a question for Jason or or Dwayne, actually. If there are any insurance executives out there at the moment, considering their next opportunity, what would your advice be to them?
2: You know, my advice for someone who would be looking for a new opportunity goes to uh, a great leader and, and friend of our firm, a gentleman named Dan Sullivan. And he talks about what he refers to as the four freedoms. Purpose, time, relationship, and money. And my advice to executives, fellow executives that are maybe looking to make a move would be, this industry is such a wonderful industry. There's so much opportunity. It has staying power. And there are a lot of different types of organizations out there. So identify with yourself From a personal and professional perspective, your four freedoms, what do you want relative to purpose, time, relationship, and money in your next career move, in the organization that you're going to become a a critical or key component of? And and as as you're sorting through potential opportunities, does it align? Does it align now? What's it look like three, five, 10 years from now as your life and career progresses? To me, that's an often missed element of the job search, if you will. It becomes more about the position, the comp package. Those are very important. Don't get me wrong. But I would say that in the industry that we're in today with the abundance of opportunity out there, hone in on your four freedoms and try to find an organization that really aligns with you. If you're connected and aligned with the organization, where your ultimate success lies is it's going to be remarkable there's no question about that
1: thank you jason i think yeah alignment is absolutely critical and i think for executives it's about working out those things which are important to them and putting a value on that above some of the other tiny objects or compensation packages it's got to be a long-term a long-term decision a long-term move We've almost reached the end of our time in the insurance coffee house today. But before we go, guys, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show?
2: Uh, So, you know, my 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 final thoughts here is is really around. In the journey of life, the one thing that we get to control is how we respond, how we respond to. The opportunities around us, the situations that we um, fa- are faced with, and I think we've all learned that uh, globally in 2020. So, you know, be cognizant of that in your daily environment as a professional. Certainly, as a as in a personal sense, understand that whatever's coming at you, you get to choose how you respond. And uh, and I found as a leader. Uh, and somebody who's been committed to this in, industry, that once I heard that advice and heeded that advice, uh, it just changed the game for me in terms of looking for opportunities and, and continuing to stay focused on the good, if you will, the positives. Uh, in terms of getting a hold of us, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know True North, is, we're very flat, very accessible. So here's my email address. It's jsmith at truenorthcompanies.com. And my direct extension is area code 319-739-1285. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. And if you have interest in learning more about our organization, I'd welcome an Americano with you. Uh, and certainly get you connected to our folks in our in our human resources area.
1: Fantastic. That, thank you for that, Jason. And we'll be sure to post those contact details on the, on the show notes today. Jason, Dwayne, Thank you both so much for your time today, your insights and the experience that you shared with us today. I'm sure it'd be very valuable for our listeners. So thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Nick. And the only other thing that I would say is we've had great success to date, but we usually close our meetings uh, with another mantra. The best is yet to come. So thank you very much, Nick.
2: Thanks, Nick. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you both. That is certainly true. The best
1: is yet to come. Thank you, guys. Really do appreciate it. And also to all our listeners out there, whether you are based in the United States or internationally across the world, we thank you for listening. And I'm sure you would have learned an awful lot from Jason and Dwayne today. If you do enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on your podcast app. And remember to download and subscribe to the show so you receive each of our episodes into your app each week. Till next time, I have been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance House USA. Take care. You've
0: been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.